Welcome to another episode of Deadline Scene to Scene Podcast, and I am your host and associate editor for Deadline, Valerie Complex. Today's guest is Liesl Tommy, director and executive producer of the 2021 Aretha Franklin biopic, Respect. The film stars Jennifer Hudson, Forrest Whitaker, and Marlon Wayans. Now, the director has some really amazing credits on her resume, such as The Walking Dead, Jessica Jones, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, Insecure, and Queen Sugar. However, Respect is Tommy's first feature film, and she directs the hell out of it. However, the process of getting this film done was no smooth sailing. And on this episode, Liesl, Tommy, and I dive deep into Respect's process and development. In addition, we get real really real about the challenges she faced as a first-time director and as a director who is a Black woman. So let's get into it. I remember when we met at um, the LA Contenders event and you were giving me a little sort of background into what you know about making respect and um with uh Jennifer Hudson and and what it take what it took to get to the point to where you could even make it a reality and you know wherever on your journey you want to start off you know I'm kind of letting you sort of have the floor and we can have this conversation about it because I know you know from when we spoke there's a lot that people need to hear about the experience and I want you to be as you know if be as candid or as secretive as you want just want to let you know that you know you got the floor um wow that's a (laughs) um can I mean, you, I'll ask you questions and stuff along sure, the way. Sure, sure, sure. You know, no, I, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate the follow-up. You know, I really appreciate the, the time. Um, do you remember when we spoke, um, what resonated with you when I was talking, you know? One of the things that we were talking about was like Black women narratives and how as black women in Hollywood getting anything done is challenging, difficult, Mm -hmm. almost nearly feeling impossible. (laughs) And you, and you know, on stage during the panel, you talked a little bit about that and a little bit about why bringing Aretha's story to life was important and not just in a creating you know, not just in the in terms of creating the film, but that that sort of that that blackness, that that culture mm-hmm. behind the story, yeah, was something that you had talked about. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that is you know that really is I was highly aware of as I started on the journey of making the Aretha Franklin biopic is that. Um, Black women, Black American women musicians have an enormous influence on culture, worldwide culture, American culture and worldwide culture. Um, You know, and 
there's still only really one major motion picture biopic of note when I started working that on mine, which was which was um, Tina Turner's, right? And I think that's pretty telling. Um, I think that you know we know there's an appetite for these for for you know these stories about Black women because they're constantly getting made on television, um, and they and they get a lot of eyeballs. Um, uh, but it's still sort of treated like women's stories, right? Um, and I, I just think that that was really indicative of um, the bias in the culture. You know, that you still, even when you're talking about worldwide superstars, a, a major motion picture about their lives is still few and far between. Um, you know, so, there, that was definitely something that you know that I was aware of as I was putting th putting this film together, and then the other thing that I knew was that in the past a film like this would usually have been written and directed by white men. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, so when you do finally get a story about you know a black female icon, it would have one hundred percent been told through the white male gaze mm -hmm. um you know and i knew that telling the story the way that i wanted to tell it bringing on you know a tracy scott wilson an african-american writer meant um that it, we were going to have a point a point of view the film was going to have a point of view that was going to be decidedly um uh, black and female. And that's what I wanted for it because that's what she was. And she was, you know, and she, she was a black woman who made, um, who never equivocated about her blackness and about her femaleness, right? You would have wanted it that way. Yeah, I, think. I would think so. Yeah. You know, so, but anytime I have, you know, even, I experienced this even many years in the theater where I was, you know, one of the few still um, in certain spaces, you know, um, people have talked about this a lot that, you know, that I was the first black woman to be nominated for a Tony award, um, for black, but, you know, best, uh, new play as a director, best director, of new play, um, as if that's something like, you know, impressive. And I think it's, you know, it's, I was very proud of the nomination because I was very proud of the project. Um, Eclipse, you know, written again, written by a black woman and all black cast, you know, we were a play that, you know, that people were surprised actually made it to Broadway because it was, you know, it was, it was very complex, very intense, very emotional story about, um, you know, the war in Liberia. But, you know, we worked our, you know, our butts off and it was, it was a beautiful production. But the point is, is it was still in 2016, that was still I was a first, right? Which can, you know, which just continues to tell the story of how rare our presence is and how rare our points of view are. Um, you know, and so I, I just, I was, I was aware that many of the things that I valued that I felt was important um, was still gonna feel new in the landscape, right? So for example, you know, everybody talks about 
their belief in diversity. Everybody talks about how, you know, they all care about being inclusive, but what does that actually mean when it comes to your hiring practices? What does that actually mean, you know, when you're, you know, if you are a person who your whole career has been just about, you know, hiring the same people and actually promoting the status quo. So then if you're, a, you know, a person of color coming in and saying, I want these people of color to be on, you know, my heads of department, um, but they're not in the, in, the, in the club. They're not in the, you know, $50 million plus studio movie hires. Um, and, you know, we know what, who, who those people are. We know what they look like. Um, and so, you know, I thought you, what you, what I ended up happening is I felt, I kept finding myself in, um, in conflict because I wanted to make a movie that I could be proud of, that I knew was going to be a permanent part of Aretha Franklin's legacy that the actors, you know, who were going to give their all could also be proud of. But at the same time, I come uh, like most black women in positions of leadership come with um, a moral center and a political mission. Because when you are a person has, who has usually been the only one in the building, you don't really want to repeat that, right? right like you want right, to bring right. folks with you in these jobs. Right. Um, teach one. That's right. That's right. Um, and so, you know, in addition to the, you know, just the, the, the incredible, you know, effort that it is to make a film, you're also um, having to do a lot of emotional labor um, around race and politics. I imagine that takes, I imagine that there's so much conditioning and education that you have to put forth just to reach a basic baseline of understanding. In, in, nor, in my waking life, it's difficult and annoying and it's bullshit. So I can't imagine having to produce a multi-million dollar film and worry about the writing and worry about the directing and worried about if someone is educated enough to know why you're making the decisions you're making. Thinking about it gives me anxiety. So I, I gotta say that, uh, you handle that quite well. Thank you, Valerie. You know, I do sometimes think that, you know, I actually, I jokingly forwarded my lawyer um, an invoice to send to prospective studios for emotional labor around race. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, can we start handing this out um, so that I don't have to go through this every single time? Um, you know, and we actually had a, a serious conversation around that because um, it is so it is so taxing, it is so exhausting, despite everybody's, you know, um, desire to, you know, to say, yes, we 100% want to do that. Yes, we 100% are on board with diversity. But as soon as you get to the first, you know, kind of like, oh, we don't have, it, there's no one in this particular field that's really scarce. And then you say, well, let's keep on looking. And then they all go, well, you know, we're running out of time. 
time is a construct. Let's just keep on looking. We're we are not running out of time, but it's it, you know so like the idea of diversity is 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 people are open to it as long as it's convenient. To add to your point, I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that people are talking about diversity in terms of visibility and not representation. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I always use um, Avengers uh, Age of Ultron as a good example. The uh, first 10 or 15 minutes is, you know, the Avengers, you know, rescuing people in Lagos, Nigeria. And this was around the time where people were commenting that, you know, the Avengers is, is looking mighty white. And then people were like, what? Black people were, were in the Avengers? You mean the background people? That's not representation. Like, you know, and it was an education process that had to go on. Correct. Correct. People just need to learn the difference between visibility and representation when it comes to diversity. Do you need us to show up or do you need us to show up and show out? That's you know? exactly right. And, you know, and for me, I, I'm interested in, 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 in leadership. I'm interested in people being heads of departments. You know, I'm interested in people playing leads in, in, in films. I'm interested in people writing those stories. You know, that's what I'm interested in. Um, and so, you know, one of, the, one of the other things that, you know, is a consequence, and, I, you know, I've, I've been talking to a number of, of filmmakers about this is, you know, when the people who write about our work are primarily, you know, white men, and we are becoming more and more, um, we are, you know, we're, we're having more and more agency in terms of being able to, you know, to, to direct our own things and write our own things. And so the point of view is real black or the point of view, you know, is real Puerto Rican or whatever it is, you know, um, that, the, that the generative artist's point of view is, what do we do about the way it's written about? Because, you know, um, there's just so many, there's so many um, things that are, that, that people haven't been used to seeing because in the past it was always, our stories were always in the hands of white um, men, frankly. So, you know, that's, a, that's another, another thing. And, and, you know, we, we gather together um, to encourage each other and to remind each other that, you know, we are, we are making, um, work from our soul you know we are we are in um co commercial endeavors but we're still artists and we still have a point of view that is valued and so you know these communities of art of artists that you know that we where we are able to support each other um, and remind each other that the work that we're making especially in film um is bigger um than what's written about it right because yeah. we we will, we will be, our, those stories and those audiences um, and the relationship that our stories, you know, make with audiences um, is profound. And I, you know, and, and that's very liberating, um, you know, and, it, and the, the more and more of us that are out here um, making community and supporting each other to make this work, um, I feel like the more profound and, and free the work will be. And as an artist, you know, freedom, emotional freedom and artistic freedom is so important. Um, and it's, a, you know, and it's, it, you, ha you have to really have a, 
a fine-tuned sense of balance to want that and also want to make studio films or to make commercial, you know, commercial work. Also, there has to be a sort of trickle-down of sorts um, from who makes the films and who writes the films to who is critiquing and, and, and analyzing those films. Um, you know, this journal, this industry, especially, you know, among the trades are not super diverse. And um, most of the time you'll see, you know, you'll see people who are not black writing about the black experience or writing about what they think the black experience is through their interpretation of what they see through the white gaze and stuff. <clears throat> but there has to be some kind of level of people, you know, being able to receive what you ask for. You ask for diversity, but are you ready to receive it? Does that mean when you ask, you're putting people in the background and, you know, there your people getting you coffee and donuts and stuff? <laughs> or are these people in positions of power? Yeah, no, this is this is very true. And, you know, and, and this is this is also the thing of like, there still is a feeling of, you know, the, the business is um, the dominant culture runs the business. And so when the handful of us who get in the door and make our movies or our TV shows, it is almost this expectation that we are, we are meant to go to them, you know, um, hat in hand with our little film and go, please, sir, like it, you know? <laughs> and and, the, and I, I actually think it's the reverse, you know? Uh, it, it's not for me to open my heart to you and your writing, it's for you to open your heart to um, to new points of view, to change shifts in paradigm. You know, and I think that writers and critics have to ask themselves in their writing: Are they maintaining a racist and sexist power structure? You know, by by um, expecting uh, you know the new generation of people of color. To you know, to fit into their their ideas, or are you cracking yourself open and coming to us? Can you briefly talk about the the specified trajectory of what it take, what it took for you to get from? I want to make this film to the deadline contender to that. Um, sure, I mean. You know, I, I've been a theater director for about 15 years. Before that, I was an actor. Um, and I, um, you know, I was, I was a typical black woman immigrant who had been told by her dad that she had to work 10 times harder than everybody else. So I did, you know, and as an actor, I studied in England, I studied Chekhov, I studied Shakespeare, you know, I, I studied movement, I studied, studied dance, I studied, wow everything. Wow. I was like, okay, because if I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be, um, you know, the, the most trained, the, you know, the most well-read, the, the most well-versed actor out there, because I have to be better than everybody else. Um, uh, you know, my, my dad famously said at one point, you know, because he was violently resistant to me becoming an actor, and he said, acting is for white women with blonde hair and blue eyes who look like Doris Day. And I was like, got it. 
And, you know, come to find out he wasn't exactly wrong. So <laughs> at the time, um, but, you know, so, so it just like lit a fire in me to, um, you know, to, 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 to live in excellence, um, to really hone the craft and understand it. And, and when I moved from, from acting into directing, I felt the same way, right? Um, I studied it with an inch of my life and I decided that theater, you know, was the, was the way forward for me as a director, but I knew that there was gonna be a, um, a time when I was gonna direct film. Um, you know, and the, and the time came, but you know, our culture shifted and television became, you know, was, was just so much, I, in the past, probably I would have made an independent film first, but because the landscape is the landscape, I was able to work on some really terrific television, um, you know, HBO and, and so forth and make really cinematic TV. Um, but I was always looking for that film and, you know, and I have a couple of original projects, screenplays that I'm writing that, you know, um, my reps were really eager for me to, to get out there. But then um, somebody gave my name to MGM and Scott Bernstein, the creative producer of Respect. And they came, you know, they, they came to me and I, I was very aware that this is a big studio film about a superstar and that I was, you know, from their perspective, um, you know, I hadn't done a, a feature film before in it. So I, I definitely was aware that it was a long shot. But, you know, that's never, I, my whole life is a long shot, right? Um, growing up in a colored township in South Africa and then, you know, getting myself to, you know, the New York stage is one crazy long shot. So I'm, I'm ready for impossible tasks. You know, so I, I am a huge, passionate Aretha Franklin lover and I really meditated on what her story should be or what, I wanted what my version of her story should be. You know, when I was, I was in Atlanta directing the walking, an episode of The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, you know, cause the genre is a passion of mine. So I was, you know, I was so excited to be working on that project. Um, but I was thinking, okay, as a filmmaker, who, you know, what do you want to make? What do you want to bring with you? What do you, um, what do you want to, how do you want this to, to represent Aretha Franklin and her legacy? And then also for you, because when you're, when you're making a film, it's very different from television. Television is really, you know, execution of a, of a showrunner's, you know, dream. Film is, you know, your dream. So I, you know, I really came up with something that I felt was emotional and a really Aretha-ish, if that's, if I can use that, you know, that description. But I just felt like Aretha was, you know, black as hell. She was irreverent um, and, and, but she was also deeply emotional. Um, and I, and so I was like, that's what the movie should be, you know? And so that's what I pitched and I pitched, I was very prepared. I knew everything about the time frame. I wanted to, you know, to talk about the, the songs, the period. I wanted to cover the, the emotional journey I wanted to cover. Um, and they came back to me later and they said, will you make a lookbook? And I said, yes, I'll make a lookbook. And I made like a 65, 70 page lookbook. Um, and then I went in for another talk. Um, and I actually, 
all, was almost blew it because I, I actually said to them, because I, I, I panicked when I looked at the room and I said, it's not a question of why I should make this movie, but the question to me is why you all should make this movie. Because I was once again in a room full of white men talking about the life of a black woman. You know, and I just thought, oh Lord, is this actually what I wanna do? Is this who I wanna make the movie with? Um, you know, and so that actually introduced a really intense conversation um, because we were at a point where, where there was some self-awareness and they did say, yeah, we know we're a whole room full of white men, <laughs> you know, interviewing you about doing this, this, this film. Um, but I, I have come to understand that I have to come in with myself. I have to come, I, you know, I have to come in with the uncomfortable questions. Um, I have to come in with the challenges because that's who I am and it can't surprise them later or else we're all gonna be really miserable, you know? Um, and, you know, so that's, I feel like I have to feel that the producers I'm working with um, get it, get that it is going to be crunchy. Right, right. <laughs> it's gonna be like stepping on cornflakes. It, it, it is it's going to be, you know, tough. And I think that that's a really good way to sort of uh, wrap up the conversation and talking about how it's going to be difficult no matter what. But letting them see real you mm -hmm. is the best thing. So once you step on set, once you step on, once you step on the scene, Nobody is surprised. There's no surprises there. That's correct. There's no surprises. And, you know, the, the, the thing that is also so important is, you know, I think they knew that I was going to be a person who was, you know, going to cause discomfort around these conversations, letting them know from the jump that you're going to ask the tough questions and that, you know, it's not only about them being demanding of you, but you're going to be demanding of them. And that is appropriate. Right. Um, and that, you know, hopefully everybody will have read White Fragility before they start working with us so that, you know, we don't have to do all that much work. Um, that's the first thing. But the second thing is also they knew um, that in addition to, you know, to, to, to asking the tough questions and challenging them um, around culture, because that's what it is, like the existent culture, um, I was still going to make the best damn movie that I could possibly make. And I was going to bring the best possible people uh, with me. And, you know, from heads of departments to actors to, you know, to all of it. Um, because, you know, one thing that I've never compromised on is taste. Um, it's, I've, you know, and I was kind of like, you're gonna get crunchy, but you are also going to get taste, honey. You gotta get quality. <laughs> That's, right. Right. That's right. I right. mean, and, I, and I've worked, long and hard to actually even know what that word means. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, so I, I do feel like um, that's, you know, that's, that's what I bring. And the one thing that I, I also feel strongly about, and I hope that any young artist listening, you know, can take this to heart, it's is as important for you to have producers around you um, who get you um, as it is, you know, for you to get the job because the, the job becomes impossible if you don't have people um, who understand what we're fighting for artistically and culturally.
you know, <clears throat> I think it's very important. Um, what you just said is you, you gotta be on board with every, everybody has to be on board. And, um, yeah, it, I, you, you know, you wear a smile on your face, but I know it's not, I know it wasn't easy, probably oh, lots of frustrating bro, days. No. And <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you just used to yes. see these spirits, but I can't imagine going through the trenches, like being in it and being like, you know, with the you know, but the thing is, the thing is, Valerie, you know, I'm not going to lie. Every day was a fight. You know, there was something to that's, that's, that's the business that's making movies. Right. But at the same time, every single day on set was the best day of my life because I was working on the Aretha Franklin biopic. And I was working with people at the top of their game that I handpicked who believed in the vision and executed the vision every single day. And I felt Aretha Franklin's spirit with me. I'm getting emotional just talking about it every day. And I, I, I knew that, you know, I was chosen and it was a privilege. And that everybody that was involved was there because they were supposed to be. Yes. Right. Um, it wasn't a thing that was left up to chance. It That's was right. Fate. And, um, you know, everything sort of came together because Aretha kind of handpicked Jay, Jay, you know, Jennifer Hudson. And, yeah. you know, so everything just sort of fell into place. Um, I want to thank you so much for being so candid and so vulnerable about the situation um one quite one last question i want to ask is this is and i apologize if this puts you on the spot but is there anyone that you can think of who you'd like to shout out someone that we should know or someone that's been doing really great work who you'd like to sort of um elevate on this platform right now that people should know about absolutely i thank you so much for this question I would say that that would be Ina Mayhew, my production designer. Um, this is a woman who has been, you know, designing for decades in this business. And I met her on Queen Sugar. Um, my first uh, episode of television was, you know, Ava DuVernay's show Queen Sugar. Ava saw um, my production of, of, of Eclipse on Broadway and she called me an episode. And I met Ina there. Um, and then Ina and I worked again together uh, at, in that, at, on a Dolly Parton show for Netflix. And, you know, Ina is a incredible black woman designer who, you know, she comes from an, a, a, you know, really amazing African-American artist family. Um, and, you know, that thing I, call, I talk about taste, you know, it's like in, in the blood. She, you know, she, she was raised with a, such, such a powerful point of view. Um, and, you know, because she's been doing a lot of television for a long time, there, you know, she was not the obvious choice to design respect. But I knew that these ideas about, oh, that person's only done television and can't do film, or that person's only done film and can't do television, or that person, you know, has designed only in theater and can't, that, those things are, 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 are not real to me. They're just not real to me because if I can have a, a meaningful conversation with that is then executed with an artist, all of those things can be learned, supported, developed. It's the artist that matters and their vision. Um, you know, so 
to, to actually be able to bring Ina onto this project and, and see the precision and the beauty that she was able to create in this movie um, fills me with so much joy and pride. Thank you, Lisa, Tommy, ma'am. You're so wise and you, I think your perspective is really going to help someone someday in navigating this business. I, you know, I've learned so much from uh, people in the industry like yourself, because I, you know, eventually my, my goal is to become a screenwriter as well. And I often think about what it's like to navigate this business as someone who is uh, a Black woman and has that lived in experience. And you really opened my eyes to some things. So thank you very much for for coming to the Scene to Scene podcast. And I hope to have you on again after your next project. Oh, so Valerie, about that I would too. love that. I would love that. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you.